the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, six after six on a Tuesday. Elizabeth has called in. She's with us on the line. And Elizabeth, how you doing this morning? And good morning to you. This bright and sunny sort of starting to get there. Morning. <laughs> yeah. Sun's not up yet, but I'm sure it will not come quite. up. quite. Hopefully it will be. It's done it every day since I've been alive. So um, I assume that will show up again today as well. Uh, big story up today uh, from Business Insider. Let me read this to you. Growing concerns over personal safety and are fueling a striking surge in gun sales in the United States that, according to research and firearm experts, quote, if you were to walk into any big box store or any small corner gun store, you would see the shelves are bare. And they are bare because of demand, according to Mark uh, Oliva, or Oliva, a uh, representative for the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Quote, manufacturers are working around the clock to be able to keep up with that demand. Now, when I hear that story, when I see that story, and I keep hearing people say that Biden is blowing Trump away in the polls, I know somebody's BSing somebody. Somebody they is don't go together. My, no, they do not go together. Somebody's pulling my leg. And I can tell you, just looking at, from my own opinion, trying to find an AR-15-12 gauge uh, that I want to buy and not being able to find it because they're out of stock and looking uh, at 44s and they're out of stock and trying to buy ammo and it's out of stock that uh, Americans have taken notice of the lawlessness that's going on in our cities and on our streets, and they are uh, arming themselves accordingly. And when that happens, that tells me the person that they think is willing to bring law and order back to the country uh, has uh, a significant advantage over the the, uh, uh, candidate who does not show that. And let me just say, uh, the president shows that he is a law in order president, and Biden shows that he's not. He's been very adamant about defunding the police and all the rest. He, um, I, I just think that a lot of people are doing like they did four years ago, Elizabeth, and nobody is saying that they're for Trump if they ask him if who they're going to vote for. 
they're given wrong information. I think people believe that they're being uh, it's being written down whether uh, they're conservative or not. And there's reason to believe that when you look how the media has been acting. You're spot on on everything you just said. I mean, I think that the media is they okay. They have a blind spot. We know they have a blind spot, and their blind spot is everything they do and everything they write about has to do with hating Trump. Yeah, they are unable, literally unable to see. Just like in 2016, the support that President Trump is. Oh, Lord, I think it's really growing across the country. I was quite excited to see that video on your page yesterday about the boat parade in Lake Hamilton. There was a 23-minute video. Now, think about this. Boats going by, not just the one, but several at a time, and you're filming for 23 minutes in Arkansas on Lake Hamilton. Now, that's that's a pretty good turnout. That's a, a place where people can go and show their support and maybe feel a little more comfortable, like you say, that maybe they're not being totally written down in the book of bad actors so that we can be canceled at a later point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. And then you start looking across the United States, a story in the National Review uh, talking about Minneapolis, Minnesota. There, residents have begun forming neighborhood watches and armed security groups to protect their neighborhoods in the wake of unrest that has been sparked by the killing of George Floyd in May. That's according to a new report there. Gun sales are up nationally. That is known to be a fact. Several times, protesters have shot at cars trying to get past them. This has happened at several Black Lives Matter uh, events. And uh, here recently, uh, people who have been shot at are shooting back. That's what happened, of course, over the weekend. We still don't know the truth about the um, Austin incident, but the fellow who was killed was strapped up with an AK-47, I believe it was and was actually interviewed earlier in the day, and he had this thing strapped across him. I will paraphrase, but he basically said, you know, I can't use it against the cops, I'd be dead, and if I try it on the other side, they're too, mm-hmm, to try to fight back. I'm just doing this because I've got to exert my rights. There are conflicting yep. stories, whether he shot first or whether a passenger in the car shot too, but you can clearly hear a series of five shots and then, three shots on that video of that incident. And, of course, now we have a dead protester. Yeah, and it's, the protest, the, the, the word that I'm hearing is that the protester, uh, because his car was moving through the protesters trying to get out of the protest, which, by the way, was on a interstate. Now, why are the police allowing this? The, why are the mayors allowing this, allowing protesters to get on the streets uh, uh, in many states when you travel at, at them, you see signs as you get on uh, on the interstates, no walking, no riding <laughs> bicycles on the interstate. That's a good way of getting killed and getting hit. These people are out to uh, cause problems. They're, they're, uh, to me, that's not a protest. That is people who are are looking for trouble, 
and when cars slow down and try to go around them, they start banging on the cars. They've been known to throw bottles at the cars. And in this case, this guy supposedly, word that uh, I'm seeing in stories, is that he approached the car, the rifle down, barrel facing towards the car, and that's uh-huh. when he got shot. And well, just, and what would that be, say, reactionary? Say, yeah, no, let me just say, all you got to do is feel threatened. And if somebody is pointing a gun at me and walking towards my car, uh-huh. I am now feeling threatened. The person in the vehicle called 911, all right? After it had occurred, they drove away, I assume, or got away from that scene. They called 911 and said, look, I just shot somebody. I felt threatened. And I've seen conflicting reports. I watched this yesterday a little bit. Some reports say that the individual who did the shooting in the car was arrested. Some people say it was arrested. He was arrested and then released. So as of this morning, I can't find his current status. But this is what's going to start happening more and more, especially when, as you said earlier, every gun store across our country is sold out. The ammo situation has been that way for several, several months, and then it intensified back in the late spring. It's been going that direction for a while. The Democrats believe, apparently, that the more lawlessness and the more violence we have, the better it's going to be to elect their favorite candidate, Joe Biden, to the presidency. They are not understanding. Again, they are so blind, they cannot see how angry the regular folks on the street are getting with the lack of security, and therefore it will propel Trump into the presidency. It's it's working just the opposite. Some pundit yesterday said, you ought to be giving all those protesters, quote, Trump buttons because they're doing more campaigning than Trump could have ever wished for. Well, I don't I don't disagree with them uh, saying that because the more lawless the streets get, uh, the more people are going to want a president who uh, takes charge. And when you got mayor, the mayor in Seattle and the mayor in in uh, uh, Chicago, both saying keep the federal troops out of our out of our streets. We don't we don't want them here. Uh, people are starting to scratch their heads, and, and in Portland as well, uh, scratching their heads and saying, well, w- what are you doing about this? I mean, if I lived in Portland or Seattle or Chicago, I'd be raising my voice like crazy. Well, the Portland mayor is blaming guns coming from across, you know, from, from places that don't ban them. It's it's not our guns here. It's all the guns that are coming in from everywhere. All you bad people out there well, outside of my city. That's the mayor you know? of Chicago. <laughs> yeah, mayor of Chicago saying that. They've been saying that ever since uh, out of uh, their the mind. shootings began over in the southwest side. They blame Indiana. I know that. They were blaming them when I lived in Indiana. And I left <laughs> I left Indiana 27 years ago. So I'm just, t- I'm just saying. Uh, they, they're blaming Indiana. Well, we can go across state lines and buy guns. You know how many, you know how many criminals are, uh, that have guns that are arrested? How many of them can legally have a gun? 7%. So they're Whoa. buying them. They're buying them out of the trunk of some dude in an alleyway oh. that's selling them on the black market. 
gave. Now they don't have to be in the alley. There's no police on the street. They can just do it on the street corner, you know. Well, we heard that about Portland. In Portland, they're saying that there is such blatant crime just right on the street that people are, are just, I don't know what the residents are doing. I have asked this from the beginning. What happens if you live there like the sports uh personality found out over the weekend when he came home and found his building on fire and all of a sudden his opinion changed about those peaceful protesters yep now here's a here's a shooting i did not hear about i'm looking here i take that back yes i did this happened over the fourth of july weekend uh on uh, chicago west side that was a little girl that was shot back uh, weeks ago in Chicago, you got it's really it's really hard There's to so keep much. up with all of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying to someone yesterday. I'm becoming unfortunately numb to hearing this stuff every day, and it's very, very bad. It's very, very bad. That's part of the strategy. They want to make you so tired of it, you walk away, you quit paying attention, you don't watch, so they can continue to do what they're doing. All right, this eighteen. Is a war. And- yeah, 18 after 6 here on a uh, Tuesday. Elizabeth is with us. That's that female voice you're hearing. And she'll be with me during the 6 o'clock hour, 7 o'clock. Bible guys will be on. 8 o'clock uh, will be, uh, if you're on, 1011 is a uh, uh, investment show. I would be back at 6 o'clock in the evening with my last hour of the show for you. But right now, let's take a break. We've got more coming your way. Traffic and weather every, uh, you know, with us here on uh, our breaks on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Monday, or not a Monday morning. It feels like a Monday morning. It's a Tuesday morning, and it's 623 here on uh, 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. And uh, we were just talking about gun sales being up. Let's talk about something else that uh, uh, is uh, out there that's going on. I know that many of you will uh, be reading the newspaper or watching the news. I don't know how many people read the newspaper now or not. But uh, watch television. Uh, watch maybe Fox. Watch, you know, on occasion CNN. Uh, watch Get it your on lo- YouTube. Get it on you your know, phone. <laughs> you know, watch it on your, you know, watch the local newscasts. Uh, and you think that what's going on on the West Coast or on the East Coast is not going to affect you. And you couldn't be further wrong. The things that you're seeing that are going on on the West Coast will make their way to Central America. Uh, Central America, how's that one? To the center of this country, to center uh, Center America, and and Fly it's because country. you know the the teachers unions all work together, and uh, they've got their you know their their big one in Washington D.C. And uh, they're always saying, you know, you should be teaching this and you should be teaching that. That's how sex education got started and got uh, got crazy. I mean, it, it started off when you were teaching plumbing to started talking about putting condoms on cucumbers. This is stuff that goes on in the public school system now. And it's going on all over the United States. And uh, now Black Lives Matter are working hard uh, in uh, California to uh, get to uh, the schools. Let me just read a little bit. This is uh, coming from uh, uh, Erickson's uh, website, Red State. Uh, 
saying California school board faces the ire of parents after a teacher revealed shocking union-backed Black Lives Matters curriculum. Let me let me mention one thing. If you hear somebody say we should be teaching blah, 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 your ear should immediately stand up. And that's if they say 1619. If you hear Ooh. that number, you need to be paying attention. Here, uh, l- let me just... Uh, start off with a quote from this article. I'll I'll read this. This is Jenna Yee from the Orange Unified School District. She's a parent out in California. She says, uh, I am an immigrant who came from Korea. I serve many Korean families in Orange County through children's ministries. Many Asians come here for a better life in America. Many risk their lives to escape a communistic regime. Communism uses propaganda to control people's thinking. They control the media outlets and distort truth. They are mass manipulators for the sake of governmental oppression. They turn kids against their parents. I have lived in America now for two decades, and I can tell you we are tiptoeing on the edge of socialistic communism. This breaks my heart for America. The unions are behind these beliefs, and yet teachers are too busy to notice. Teachers might think their union protects them, but when oppression ripens, no one is immune from its captivity. And that was Jenna Yee of the Orange Unified School District, uh, a parent in California. Uh, Brenda Lubsack has been a teacher in Orange County, California for over 25 years and most recently a board member in the Orange Unified School District. She has been increasingly concerned about the progressive political creep into California education, and as a member of the union, has been very forward in voicing her opinion that the current political agenda in California uh, and their schools is robbing students of a quality education. Now, this is just one example, and it's happening in Orange County. Let me point out to you that Orange County used to be a sea of red, uh, you know, little little island of solid red in a sea of blue uh, in uh, outside of L.A. and between L.A. and, uh, and uh, San Diego. Uh, it is not any longer. That changed uh, back in 18, 2018, when a lot of the seats went blue and helped uh, carry the Democrats to a majority uh, in the House. And we all know what's happened since then. I want to talk about this when we come back, as we're just about a minute away from the the news. Uh, Elizabeth knows where I'm going with this. I'm going to talk about Howard Zinn again, because his book has led the way in teaching just outright falsehoods about American history. And it has taught American history from the point of America bad, uh, everything else good. I mean, it's the way that Howard Zinn is. Howard Zinn was a hard core socialist, if not 
a hardcore uh, communist. There's a reason to believe that he was communistic in his uh, political beliefs. But we're going to talk about all of that when we come back and this other project that we're talking about, 1619, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, because they have turned their attention strongly towards education. Let's get to the news. 25 minutes till 7 on a Tuesday here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let me read another uh, parent uh, from Orange County. She says, I'm a lesbian parent and grandparent. Please do not assume that all LGBTQ individuals think alike politically. Just as teachers are very diverse in their opinions and political affiliations, so are people who identify as LGBT. As a, um, you know, think log cabin Republicans, all right? As a lesbian parent and grandparent, I am not in favor of Black Lives Matter curriculum in schools that the teachers union, CTA and NEA, endorses. First of all, uh, BLM promotes gender ideologies that I feel are harmful to children. Their mission statement says they want to dismantle the idea that gender is biologically determined. Why? They say their movement is based on science, yet their science says kids can choose their gender as boy girl, both, neither, or something neither. else. Uh, oh. Something something else, she says, that's an open-ended Pandora's box. What kind of science does BLM practice? And that was uh, Christina Gonzalez of the Orange uh, United School District uh, parent in California. I mean, this is the stuff have- they're fighting there. Yeah, we have, you know, parents of all sorts saying this is not acceptable to us. And who asked? You know, no one asked us. The legislature didn't vote on it. We are the ones who pay the taxes. We are the ones whose kids are being educated. Where are we going to be involved? And this is what they have in mind. This is, you know, California, what leads in California leads the country. Right? Yeah. Think about it. It starts out there and then it takes over very, very quickly. And so that's what's heading here. I mean, it was the Little Rock uh, uh, Teachers Union that went on strike here in Little Rock last November, wasn't it? Last yep. fall, because they lost their collective bargaining power, yeah. and they were more willing to walk away from teaching kids and you know doing what they're supposed to be doing. It it was sort of interesting, and of course, the continuing arguing in Little Rock over the schools has everything to do with the unions. We've well, given them too much power, folks. When you look at these, when you look at these uh, particular things that are being fought over in California, it really is just a matter of time. I mean, look, people are leaving California by the droves, and they're going to places like Texas, Arizona. Uh, they've already changed New Mexico and other areas that have been solidly uh, conservative, but. Uh, the, you know, a contagion gets outside of its uh, hot zone and it, it comes in and infects the zones that it's going into. And in this case, this contagion is this progressive uh, education crap uh, that is coming out of those states and coming to our states. 
I mean, yeah, we, we all want them to teach about equality and racial injustice. I want my kids to understand that there was a time in America where uh, there were lynchings. They did occur, but it doesn't happen now. Uh, there, are, uh, there are killings that still occur because you can't stop all killings. That's not going to happen. But the, the, the problem is, is that you take somebody like Black Lives Matter, and again, I tell you to go to blacklivesmatter.com and read their website, read their core beliefs, and you will not want that to be taught to your child. You're not going to want your child to be taught that the nuclear family uh, should be done away with, that uh, you, don't, you don't want a father in the family. You want uh, the patriarchal system of, uh, of the family to be destroyed. There's a lot of things that they believe that they don't talk about, but that they teach. They slide all this stuff in around equality and racial injustice. This is what they do. And uh, the agenda includes communist talking points. It oddly includes the wedging in of gay and transgender center curriculum and activism. It's all there. They're bringing it all. And, and Elizabeth and I were talking about this during the break. They're doing it as quickly as they can. And I used, to, quick. Yeah, I used an old World War II uh, term. Uh, that if you've read about World War II, uh, the, when the Germans broke out of Germany and went into Poland and then into France and over into Austria and Czechoslovakia and a lot of the other uh, countries around them, uh, they used what was called a blitzkrieg or lightning war. Uh, they were the first uh, real military power using mechanized divisions to cut in two countries as fast as they could and and destroy the other's armies. I mean, when they went against Poland, it was tanks against cavalry. And, and those guys on the horses lost, and they lost huge. So uh, they did it. They did it quickly, and it was over before anybody knew exactly what was going down and, uh, you know, the, the people that were in charge of the rest of the world didn't know how to react. That's happening in our own country now in social issues. They're doing a kind of blitzkrieg, so they're getting this stuff in because here's what they know. If they, try, if they come out and they try to educate you about what they're doing, you're not going to want it and you're going to fight against it. They don't want and that to happen. And it gives you happen. time to organize against That's it, like right. you said. Right now, people are just reacting in shock. And by the time, and you need to say this again, by the time you realize what's going on, it will it's be in. too late. Yeah, it's in and it's being used. And you'll hear a superintendent say, well, you know, that would be too expensive to go in and take that out now. And if we take that out, yeah. then we gotta, we're going to have to take this out. And, and that... That argument, let me just say, that argument is the biggest piece of BS I've ever heard of. I mean, to honestly say that we have to uh, teach your children what it takes to be a good communist because we teach them what it takes to be a good American, that's craziness. That's absolutely nuts. You know it, I know it, and we got to stop it. Well, and I keep thinking, and yeah, we got to stop it. I keep thinking about how many people 
are actually involved with their local school boards. How many people go to the school board meetings? They're held every month in, our, in Conway. Every month, there's a public meeting. You can just go. You can listen to what they're saying. You can actually talk. You can speak many times. And, you know, you go, and there's nobody, nobody in the room except the school board doing what they do. In, our, in Conway, the school board has more money in its control than our city and our county put together, okay? And they can do pretty much what they wish to do, and they have got some strong control over, on their school board, and it's hard to, to get those people unelected and get someone else in there. Most of the reason why it's so hard is because people don't focus on it. We've talked about it here in Conway off and on for about 10 years, and we've had people watching what we call watchdogging to go and report on what's happening at the school board. But all the, all the um, I'll say, advocacy work, there's no parents there. There's nobody. I bet you could ask 10 parents on the street, and they're not going to know, as you said, what their children are being taught because it's electronic. They don't even have books to come home that the parents see and can read. We have no idea what's going on in those classrooms. Yeah, you just you just got to look at what's going on over and watch what happens in California. What happened? It's 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 the biggest buyer of school books. Uh, New York State mm-hmm. is another, and uh, what they're buying in New York and in California is going to end up in our school districts. I'm just te- I'm just telling you, you have to be aware of this. I mean, some of the things that they're saying that are considered uh, uh, white supremacist is things like "Make America Great Again." Paternal- oh, yeah, that's not allowed now. No paternalism. Now paternalism means that there would be fathers for all you you know out there. It means that you have a father in the com- uh, in in your uh, uh, your families. And who don't speak out uh, for the communist way of life, claiming there's only, quote, one human race, quoting the myth of metriarch- uh, merit- merit-based movement. In other words, uh, you get to go up the ladder as you work hard at going up the ladder. All Lives Matter mm-hmm. is considered uh, to be white supremacist. And good intentions. You say you got good intentions? <laughs> you're nothing more than a, a white supremacist. You're a re- you're a racist. You're a racist. This is so reminiscent of that poster at the Smithsonian from a couple of weeks ago that was yanked down immediately because it was so outrageous with its claims. Any any value that we would attribute as conservatives to our country's Founding, you know, individualism, self-determination, personal agency, hard work gives rewards. We have the freedom to live our lives. It's all being deemed as racist now. And if you call it racist, you're clearly the racist, I guess, because you used the word. I don't understand it. It's completely on its ear. Well, my whole thing is you can't even get them to give you a definition. I mean, they look at, uh, they, they, they say you got a D. Uh, colonize, you know, get make, get the colonies out of the classroom. I don't see how there's colonies in the classroom. Uh, they Only because say that, they put them there. Yeah, they say uh, <laughs> racism is a system 
in parentheses, consisting of structures, policies, practices, and norms, unquote, that structures opportunity and assigns value based on socially constructed categories of people. It unfairly disadvantages some individuals and communities and provides advantages and access to others. Who makes this determination? Who makes exactly. that determination? Exactly. I, 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 it's, it's amazing. Uh, the system of racism does not allow the realization of one's full potential because it denies access to resources, power, and privilege. That is just a bunch of, you know, hokum. Yeah, it's hokum. It's 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 stringing together a lot of quarter words to make it sound like it's important when in fact it's a lie. Well, isn't it's that what totally they like to do? Is use those big words, thinking they're so much more educated and so much more woke than the rest of us. You know, that's again we have allowed them to do what they've done and educate our children in in wrong ways. Now we are reaping the benefits of that in the streets of Portland and the streets. Well, it was all over the country over the weekend in support of Portland. And it's because we've allowed this to happen through our schools. And now we're allowing BLM to take over the curriculum and feed even more um, hooey to our kids. Where are we again? Where are we going to get involved and take this back and insist that? It gets straightened out. And we continue every year to put more and more and more money into education. Where now are what, the results? What is, what is one of the things that they ask for all the time? And it's money, money. and education. That's what you're hearing from the Democrats as they're talking about phase four of uh, the whole COVID-19. We got more to talk about, but we got to get a break in. It's uh, 12 minutes to seven here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we've been talking about education here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got seven minutes to go. And things that I want you to pay attention to. Uh, you're going to hear about this stuff. It's going to, and, but I'm going to tell you what, some of it, the only way you're going to hear about it is if you get involved in going to your school board meetings. You've got to go, and when you start hearing about, you know, we want to teach about equality and we want to teach about social injustice and uh, things of that nature, you've got to start looking at what it is that they want to teach. Because if you don't know, if you don't look, they'll slide things in there that you won't believe that they'll slide in there. And that's what they're finding out in California. And now a lot of parents have woke up and they're, they're, they're attacking this stuff because when somebody says that uh, your child gets to pick their own sex when they're in, uh, you know, grade school, and that means that they can be a boy or a girl, or both, both. <laughs> or, or they can be neither, or they can be, uh, you know, they can be uh, uh, nothing. They might not be a boy or a girl, and they're nothing. Now, think how stupid that is. You're something, because evidently, just to quote the car, I am, therefore, you know, I, I think, therefore, I am. Uh, you, you know, look, exist. You're, you exist, so you are something. But this is what 
what this is the kind of stuff they're teaching. Again, let me run through this for you. I got it right here in front of me. You know, when you the, the choices that they say that a child needs to make when they're in grade school is: Are they a boy? Are they a girl? Are they both? Are they neither? Or are they something else? Now, you might think that that's crazy. Story came out, uh, oh, about six, seven months ago uh, about the math and science school uh, down in Hot Springs. And uh, they had this going on, uh, the, the boy-girl, girls thinking they're boys and boys thinking they're girls. And there was a subset of children that identified as cats. They, they communicated with meows and all the rest. I was not able to find out if they put a litter box in a room somewhere for them or what. All I know is that they weren't told that what they were doing <laughs> was not right. They were allowed to live their charade. And that's just crazy. And encouraged and supported yeah, in that's that. The other, yeah, yeah, encourage, support. Those are the two words, you know. Yeah, if a yeah. child thinks something like that, don't tell them it's wrong. God forbid oh, no. you tell them it's wrong. You know, you can't do that. Because, see, with the left, with the progressives, there is no truth. Now, in the next hour, I can talk to the Bible guys about that, and and they understand exactly what I'm saying. Many of you understand what I'm saying. You've got people who deny that there is anything like truth, that truth does not exist, that everybody has their own truth. Now, to me, that's the biggest lie from the pit of hell that ever has been perpetuated on people is that what you think is the truth is the truth. That's not true. The truth is the truth. All right? It's not a a your truth or my truth. It's the truth. It is. It is what it is. (laughs) And and it's just, uh, it's crazy to listen to people say, well. Well, it's it's, it's, it's dividing people. Again, it's that same old tactic. You know, everything these people do comes back to two or three main topics. This one is the dividing people up topic, because as long as everyone has a separate individual truth, there's no way, they think, that people are going to band together and fight against their encroachment into our lives with all this liberal uh, taking over of our, our culture. So it's the dividing thing. It's the, you know, everybody has their own truth. So, yeah, you'll never get together on that one. Yeah. It's... Look at the gun sales. We're pulling together, whether they like it or not. It's happening and people are not talking about it. You started off with that this morning right away. People are not talking about their points of view. You talked about it last week. It's only the liberal far lefties that are comfortable speaking about politics in the world today. Yeah, they got the megaphone right now, and we got to take a break. So Elizabeth is going to take an hour and uh, take a nap or something. And uh, I'm going to keep going. And we got the Bible guys coming up. We got bunches of questions that came in for them. And uh, we'll get their, their uh, questions to them and get their answers here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned.
But I've seen the tears you've cried. All right, we're going to get right to it because we got a lot of questions. Time for the Bible, guys. I heard that I heard that twelve string going. I thought we had. I thought you had Bob Denver for us there. I was getting ready for you know Mountain Home. Take you know Country Road. Take me home. Oh yeah, it's Point of Grace. Okay, nice, nice, uh, nice, nice work there at the beginning. All right, I know that uh, Pastor uh, Scott is here and that Steve is here. Has Billy joined us? Not yet. He's not here yet. Okay. Well, guys, we got a lot of different uh, uh, questions to deal with. Just real quick, uh, coming into the beginning of this show and uh, things that we talk in other hours of of my show uh, all mix into what we talk about here. For instance, the end of my last hour was we were talking about truth and uh, what's being taught in our school systems now to our kids. And, uh, you know, they're out in California. They've begun uh, talking about human sexuality with uh, grade schoolers and telling them they have to decide whether they're a boy, a girl, both or neither or something else. How's that one for you? Fascinating. Uh, there, there's a school you can go to here in Little Rock that knows the difference between boys and girls. It's called Agape Academy uh, <laughs> here in West Little Rock. It's not too late to get your uh, children in there. If you want your kids to get a good start in their preschool years, agapeacademy.org is a place to go and look. This is, this is absolutely asinine, Dave. But, you know, we saw it coming, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I've been talking about it, it for coming. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. let me tell you what you watch in the newspapers and you see the craziest stuff being talked about. And sooner or later, enough people will get involved with it and say that it has validity. Right. That's that's yeah. what amazes yeah. me. People just get just jump in with the pack. And I talked about Marshall McLuhan over the last couple of of uh, uh, weeks. And Marshall McLuhan is the man who said the medium is the message. Uh, He was a guru of his time back in the 70s talking about television. But he foresaw this whole thing like Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And he said what would happen is that all of this communication wouldn't draw us all together. It would fracture us apart and that tribalism, his word, not mine, tribalism would become uh, the way of uh, our country, all other countries, and the world. Because it don't matter how small your group is, your group can have a huge uh, impact on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever. So mm-hmm. you become tribal in nature. And we're seeing that here in the United States right now. Yeah. You know, I for years, uh, you know, I think you... you most of the listeners will probably know that I've spent uh, half of my life outside the country, and most of it was in uh, Northern Europe, and living most of my life, or at least a good half of my life, in socialist countries. And so I've lived under socialism. I know what it sounds like. I know what it smells like. I, I know how it feels. And I used to, when I lived over there, I used to come back to the States, and I would travel, and I would speak. And when I would travel and speak, I used to tell uh, the congregations and the audience that listened to me, I would tell them, I would say, listen, I live in the the future. And every time I come to the States, I come, I travel back in time to the past, and I can tell you what the future looks like if we don't change. 
uh-huh. and no no one listened. No one listened. Nope. Nope. They think, and here we are. They think you're full of BS. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They they treat you like uh, you're a fool, and I'm not a fool. I'm I'm telling you the way it is. I remember when I used to talk about the food police, and everybody says, "Ah, the, pff, come on, the food police." And I now I look back, and we can see where they tell you what you can eat and what you shouldn't eat, and they got rules saying you can't eat this and you can't eat that. Uh, it's just crazy. It, it's really crazy. All right, well, let's get to the uh, question. Steve is here. He's he's Hello. been very. You're being really quiet, there, brother. I thought you'd be jumping in both feet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's let's start off uh, here with this uh, question. It says, uh, uh, Dave, I was wondering if the Bible guys think it is wrong or sinful to celebrate church on Sunday instead of Sabbath. And then as an aside on this question, how do they feel about the Seventh-day Adventist approach to church? So I'll uh, I'll turn that over. We'll start with uh, Pastor, and uh, and let him start, and then Steve, you jump in as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, it's never sinful to worship God, uh, regardless of what day of the week it is. Uh, we're meant to worship God every single day of the week, twenty four seven. So um, it's not wor- sinful to worship God on a Sunday any more than it would be on a Tuesday or on a Saturday or on a Monday. So it's it's never sinful to worship uh, the Lord regardless of what um, of what day it is. So uh, and also scripturally, we know the Bible says that they that they met in the temple every single day of the week and worshipped um, worshipped the Lord. The early believers uh, would do that. So the problem. Uh, um, the problem comes in when you will substitute, in other words, you will remove the significance of the Sabbath in favor of the Sunday. Then you get into uh, replacement theology. So for me, um, I'm a Sabbath keeper. I celebrate, I honor the Sabbath. I sanctify the Sabbath. Uh, our entire church has done that. We've eliminated everything that we do on Sabbath. The church doesn't do any uh, external activities on the Sabbath. We've sanctified it that way. Uh, we have a uh, Sabbath communion service every uh, Friday night um, online that the church can participate in. Uh, we have uh, I've taught on Sabbath quite a bit. So we're working to sanctify that. But but we, we do celebrate on uh, a, a gathering on Sunday. Sunday, but that doesn't mean that we've not honored and sanctified uh, the Sabbath. So it's, it's not uh, it's not that you can replace the Sabbath with the Sunday. That would be wrong. But um, but to celebrate on the Sunday um, is that's just as holy as celebrating the Lord on any other day of the week. And then they went on to say, uh, "How do you feel about the Seventh Day Adventist approach to church?" Right. You know, I guess um, I haven't um, I haven't studied the Seventh Day Adventist approach to church um, um, as much as um, so I don't feel it's qualified to answer that particular question. I think what they do is they they more or less have a what I what we would do on a Sunday they do on a, a Saturday. So in that sense, if that's what it is, and there's nothing wrong with with having a, a church service on a, on the Sabbath either. So uh, I wouldn't have a problem with with having a service on a Saturday. You have anything yeah. to throw in there, Steve? Yeah, as um, as far as the what Pastor Scott was saying about, I agree with everything he said. Um, it's as far as in the you know beginning about um, Sunday and Sabbath, and it's one of the things that we fight in the Messianic community because um, pick a community and there's a zealot, um, and as people <laughs> come to gain revelation um, uh, about 
God's blessing of the Sabbath day, his desire for all mankind to keep Sabbath. Then you get these people who go into overdrive and they turn it into a commandment. And, and I've always fought this when I was pastoring at other Messianic congregation and people would come in and, and just be very dogmatic. And there, there, is, there are actually groups that teach that those who go to church on Sunday have received the mark of the beast. That's how yeah. foolish some of this stuff is. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing we know, you know, we can, we're not going to get into the whole history of when it transitioned from Saturday to Sunday and all of that other kind of stuff. And is it the Lord's desire for, for all mankind to participate in the day that he blessed and sanctified, of course. Uh, but there's not a sin of worshiping and celebrating on another day. Um, as far as Seventh-day Adventists go, uh, what little bit I know about them is that they honor basically the Ten Commandments. And uh, that's why they keep the Sabbath. And, and I believe I, the way I, I heard it communicated to me was <clears throat> that Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments is what they believe was the word of the Lord and that, um, that everything else was Moses. Uh, and so that's why they don't celebrate the feast of the Lord, but only honor the Sabbath because all yeah. of the feast and all of that came from outside of Sinai. And they, they, he, that they believe it was mainly uh, Moses' doing, not necessarily thus saith the Lord. And I believe their like diet and vegetarianism comes from, because it was God's plan in the beginning, back in Genesis 1 through 3, before the flood, when God then said you could eat meat, is why they uh, live more vegetarian lifestyles. All right, so that was one of the other questions. I'll go ahead and add into that, that um, the Seventh-day Adventists, in fact, actually... Uh, have they are the, they have the longest lifespan of any Christian denomination? I think they they average seven years longer than yeah. all other Christian denominations uh, put together. So they do have. Um, I think they do try to eat uh, kosher to a large degree, and like Steve was talking about. So I think that on the diet side, I think they probably have a, a good handle on something there. I mean, if they can pull out seven years longer than the average human lifespan, they must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Next question. And let me, there seems to be a disintegrating relationship where there was once a great friendship. This is a person asking about uh, a friend. He says, I'm wondering how you might help me to counsel someone who seems to be getting lost in their pursuit of Hebrew roots. You kind of kind of touched on this maybe a little bit, Steve, just a moment ago. They're getting more and more sectarian and what I would classify as hard where there was once someone who was very gentle and kind, there now appears to be someone very unkind and impatient. I love the Hebrew movement, and I'm learning so much, but how do I help this person when it seems everything I say is dismissed as being Roman, pagan, or inferior? There seems to be a uh, disintegrating relationship where there was once a great friendship. So, uh, good question. Yeah. What do you do? It's, um, it's, it's a very, very difficult situation. Um, like I said, I've run into a, 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 just an innumerable amount of people that, that have gone down this path, and some have forsaken the Lord because they've gotten so dogmatic. <clears throat> um, the guy who taught me uh, Hebrew, one of Scott Knight's teachers, uh, Dr. Wheeler, said that, one of the things that used to aggravate him the most about the Hebrew roots movement um, was that they would get, learn some Hebraic things and then they would apply them Greekly. 
And one of the things that happens when you have people who <laughs> That's are good. birthed, yeah. it is, it is. Um, and when you have people who are birthed and steeped in, in Greek thought, and then they learn some Hebraic things, then they take the absoluteness and dogmatism of Greek thought and apply it Hebraically. And so when they start reading these scriptures and they start weaving things together, they'll look and say, well, look what God said to the Israelites here. And since we're all Israelites, since we're all grafted in, then the absoluteness and the firmness and the dogmaticness of which God delivered this to the children of Israel must apply to us as well. And so when I deal with those people, I always tell them, Yes, I believe in keeping the Sabbath. Yes, I believe in, in, in eating kosher and celebrating the feast. But what I want you to do is to give me a single, just one, even I'll take a half a scripture in the New Testament that says that is absolutely mandatory and incumbent upon a non-Jewish person. Tell me that. Show it to me, and I'll, I will listen to everything else you have to say. They can't. There's not one. If anything, there are dozens that say the opposite. So... When we come into this movement, it's because we are here by invitation, and we have been grafted in and adopted, and we are allowed to participate. But it's not with that level of, of emphaticism and absoluteness that God gave it to the children of Israel. And so, I always, and these people always leap back and grab a bunch of Old Testament scriptures and try and weave them into their particular view. So it's, it's very difficult to deal with. It really is. Because when someone grabs a hold of that bone and they just don't let go of it, it's just... It, it, there actually comes a point where you just have to kind of step back and just be praying for them because they can be some of the hardest people you ever deal with. And with a dog, you know, if it won't let go of the bone, if it does, you better be careful because it's going to bite your hand. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll say that, you know, even though this person's having this issue and it's it's regrettable and we and as Steve said, we've seen this before, uh, there there is there are groups like that in just about every um every religion you know you oh, have yeah. those that are that are that, that take a truth and they run off to an extreme with it and and so you get the people who who do things like that and really i would just counsel this person um before i would go and try to cross swords with this person um i would i would spend a lot of time praying for them that their yeah. that their hearts would be open their eyes would be open that they'd be pliable and that they would understand and you know and really a lot you know you've heard this old expression you know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and so sometimes you have to lead with uh, compassion and you have to lead with a caring heart towards that individual uh, in other words you need to love on somebody before you go and just start trying to uh, to get them off a topic that you know they're really really sold on unless unless the relationship is different but I think you never, you don't ever go wrong by leading with, uh, with, with care and compassion for, uh, for people. But you know, you've, you've heard this said as well. You know, a lot of times people they they get they learn enough just to make them dangerous. And because uh, if you if you typically will give yourself to fully learning, um, you know what there is about uh, the Hebraic nature of our faith, it it, it takes away that uh, it takes away that. Uh, that edge. And if someone's really condemning and really hard, that's just the opposite of what the Bible is supposed to produce in us. Uh, but you know what the Bible does say? It says, it says knowledge puffs up. And so if someone's just going and getting a whole bunch of, of, of knowledge, um, then, then you can see, you'll certainly see a, a puffing up and maybe an arrogance there. But when you've got someone who's walking in revelation by the Spirit, it'll have just the opposite uh, results. All right, we got to get our break in, first break for this hour. Our guest, uh, Scott Stewart, he's the pastor at Agape Church. And uh, tell everybody when you meet and where you're located at, Pastor. 
We're at 701 Napa Valley Drive in Little Rock. We meet at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. That's a one-hour uh, service. And we also meet at 1030, same location. Uh, that's an hour and a half service. These are done for our, um, because of the COVID situation. And then also we're, we're offering a nine o'clock service um, in a different building on our campus for everyone who is, who is just wanting to be in a place where uh, everybody's wearing a mask. So it's like a mask only service that happens simultaneously as the nine o'clock service in the main building. All right. And uh, Steve Hess is with us as well. Steve works uh, out at the Air Force Base, but he's the main contact for you who uh, want to uh, go to school and learn more about Hebraic Roots. We'll talk about that when we get back. It's 23 after 7 on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, I found out I had a leak in my uh, my roof and uh, some discoloration on the ceiling of my uh, my bedroom wife pointed it out to me so i bet you can't guess what i what i did Uh, you probably wouldn't remember that i've been talking about pi roofing for 14 15 years and then i always tell you you should call them at 707-3551 or go to piroofing.com let me tell you what i didn't forget what i've been saying all this time Uh, so i called them uh Late uh, last week, they came out, looked at my uh, roof. They called me back. They were supposed to get at it on Friday, but they came out yesterday uh, to put some stuff on my roof so that if it rains between now and Friday when they're going to do the complete work uh, on uh, my roof, that uh, no more water would get into my uh, my house. So they've done, you know, they them pre-stuff they they're getting ready to do the stuff and then i guess after that they'll they'll look at it and say see dave we did it the way we told you we'd do it and it, it would be perfect and uh they they get it as clear as close to perfect as you humanly can that's why i always tell you go with pi roofing i i use the people that i talk about here on the uh the dave ellswick show i'm not just giving them lip service uh, you know, out there. I use them. PI roofing is the way to go if you've got a roofing problem. 707-3551 or piroofing.com. All right, the Bible guys are in. We're into the second uh, or to the last part of the first half hour. we got three minutes. Let me start uh, an answer on this next question. And uh, I'll let you start, Steve, and then uh, we'll pick up with it after the break. Is there an easy way to really know if I'm hearing the voice of God? I mean, how do I know if it's just my own desire or his? Thank you. So, Steve, I'll let you start. That's, this is a question we get quite often. Uh, you got one and a half minutes to talk, okay? So go. Okay. Well, uh, once you figure it out, call me in and let me know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just eating. It's uh, it is it can be a difficult thing. Um, one of the things that uh, when I talk about faith, <clears throat> one of the examples I use um, is Gideon, because Gideon did not have a problem with faith. Gideon just wanted to make sure he heard God clearly, and so that's why he laid out the fleece two different ways, two times. But once he heard, he moved out and he did exactly what God told him to do. So it's kind of always been a struggle, and the only way that comes is through practicing and praying and then being obedient to when you be are led to go do something. 
and and that voice will then become more clear uh, the more times you're obedient and you listen to what that voice is telling you to do whether it's something as extreme um, not extreme but just is taking a leap of faith and going out and um, being in ministry or going to do something like that but something as simple as God revealing uh, character flaws or attitudes or things that you need to work on that you just get a quickening of the spirit and uh, if it's anything involved of that kind of stuff where it means a development of character or doing something for the poor or doing something that's a good command, then you can rest assured that that's the voice of the Spirit of God leading you to do something. All right. Uh, Stop right there. Stop right there. We're out of time. Rush is up. Let's hit Rush on. And when we come back, we'll pick up with knowing that it's not God's voice. About 23 minutes until 8 o'clock. Becky is calling in from Louisiana. Hey, Becky, how are you today? Well, I'm doing good by George, and I'll just keep on doing that. I That's actually have some it. tomatoes growing. I would like to ask the gentleman, Dave, I've scratched my head over this one. The earliest, earliest church fathers, and what you read in the Bible, in the Old Testament as well. Gentlemen, the current rapture theory that's held by many, does that show up in the early church and in the Old Testament? Right. Okay, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and give a short answer, and then Steve can elaborate on that. Um, no, um, the the rapture theory as it's being taught today uh, didn't actually um, show up until about the until the 1800s, actually closer to the to the 19th uh, the 20th century, actually. So. It, um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm losing the date on that, Steve. You might know it better than I do. But uh, the answer to the question is no. 1870. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the answer to the question is is no. The early church fathers had no concept of what we know now as the uh, as the rapture, and uh, neither did the Old Testament. And, and quite honestly, the the New Testament uh, talks very clearly about the uh, the first what we call the first and second advent, which is the first and the second arrival of the Messiah. Um, yeah. intermediate arrival isn't shown up. So the second advent is what we would call the, the return of the Lord. So everybody believed in the return of the Messiah. In the Old Testament, they actually they understood there was two, even to this day within Judaism, they believe in two Messiahs. They believe in one Messiah called the Messiah, oh. son, of jo- son of Joseph, which is a suffering Messiah who comes and dies for the sins of Israel. Then the Messiah, son of David, which is actually the ruling and conquering king Messiah. So they see it as two separate messiahs accomplishing the same task, and the two men will rule and reign together. We see it as being the one and the same. Uh, the Messiah, son of Joseph, came and died for us, but then he rose, the Messiah, son of David, and in himself he inaugurates both messianic expectations. But, of course, we know Messiah will return one day, but as far as a rapture in between, that was not reflected in any of the writings of the early church fathers. Steve? No, I mean, there's really nothing more I can add to that because there really wasn't much about it. it. It it really didn't come around until the late 1800s is when, it, as we know it, some of the guys who are real dogmatic about the belief will say that they, they'll go back and pull a couple of references to some of the early church fathers saying that this is what they were talking about, but it, it isn't as clear as they make it out to be. Very that- well. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, Becky. Thanks welcome. for calling in. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening down in the uh, Louisiana. Uh, by the way, if you ever want some really good red beans and rice here in Arkansas, go where I went this weekend. <coughs> I went up to Bald Knob to Who's That? Who Dats? And had red beans and rice. Great place to eat. 
is, excuse is that, me. Is that Louisiana Cajun cooking up there or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it? Okay. <laughs> it's really good. Sounds like you're Sorry. thinking about it. So Yeah, I got a, I got a, a dry spot patch in my uh, yeah. throat. Hey, Steve, going back, you were talking about hearing God's voice. You covered it. If he's... If, if you're hearing this kind of stuff, you probably can feel that God's talking to you. But if you happen if you happen to be praying about should you go out and buy the new Jag, and he says yes, you might want to check it. <laughs> yeah, you might want to get uh, four or five witnesses over that, especially if you can't afford it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Let me, let me just go ahead, let, let me just go ahead and throw in there as well. Uh, one one way to help you um, kind of train yourself in hearing uh, the voice of God. I mean, Steve was talking about that a little bit when he said, when you feel an impression, go ahead and act on that impression, and then you can kind of determine whether or not that was the voice or not. Uh, you can kind of mark that feeling. Uh, sometimes it's hard to explain to people. If somebody said to me, if someone said, can you explain to me what Dave's voice sounds like? I mean, it would be very hard to des- describe your voice. So sometimes you just have to hear it to know it. Um, but one one thing you can always do if you're questioning whether or not you're hearing uh, the voice of God is you can always go to the Scripture. And the Scripture we know is the voice of the Holy Spirit. So if you feel God telling you something, like if you feel the Lord telling you, well, you know, you shouldn't, uh, oh, Steve was talking about the poor. If you're feeling like in your heart, you know, you shouldn't give a tithe to God or you shouldn't do certain things. If you, the Scripture goes and says uh, that you should do it, then you know, you know, I, that was not the Holy Ghost. That was my flesh. Or if the Lord, you know, if you feel, I, I just can't forgive that person, and I'm comfortable with not forgiving them because they did so many bad things. Yet the Scripture says you're supposed to forgive your enemies. Well, then you know, okay, that feeling I had was not the Holy Ghost. And so you can use the Word of God as a uh, as a plumb line to help you to discern. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the book of Hebrews tells us that the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharpening any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and spirit. It helps you determine what's your soulical man and what's your spirit man. And the Word of God will help you to do that. Amen. Yeah, that's. I think uh, the way I typically work that is if I can't find anything in Scripture that backs up what I'm being told, then I start questioning, excuse me, questioning it immediately. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and um, and you can, uh, you can, you can also, um, uh, you know, the Bible also tells us that we can be led forth with peace, uh, that, uh, you know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so we can, we can also yield ourselves to peace. The verse of Scripture, I believe it's in, I think it's, I can't remember if it's in uh, Colossians or if it's in Peter, but it says, it says, let peace be the umpire, um, of your life. Ah. So you can, you know, what does an umpire do? It calls strikes and balls, right? So right. you can, when you're feeling something by the Spirit, you can you can yield yourself. Do I have peace in my heart about this particular thing? Or am I kind of worried or anxious? Um, typically, if, we, if I have worry and I'm anxious about a particular thing, uh, I, I hold off making a decision about it until I find myself in a place of peace. All right. I hope that helps our our listener. All right, what's up with all the hating going on right now? I know it's the devil, but why now? Is there a prophetic reason why 2020 is going into the history books as a garbage year? <laughs> it's funny. Steve, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, who knows? I mean, there was a lot of people talking about that 2020 was going to be the year of vision and clarity, and it absolutely has. Um, I think it has revealed the undercurrent that's been going on in this nation and around the world that's just now becoming uh, clear. Um, 
it's not because there's a, the significance of the year 2020. Um, it's it's because of um, the division and the hate that has been going on in this nation below the surface for many years. And the enemy has just got into so many different groups and organizations, even within the church. There's a lot of people in the church that are sniping at one another um, right now over different beliefs and different things. And I hear, um, even in the midst of this, I hear different church leaders just criticizing the other churches for different doctrine and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is not even in the realm of discussion right now. It just, it, so I don't know. It's hard to, to say the specific reason besides the obvious that the enemy is getting in and trying to stir up. I mean, I can give you some, some prophetic theories of why I think the timing is now, but it would be nothing more than my theory or speculation. The scripture doesn't specifically mention anything. Yeah. Okay. And I would just go ahead and add, add to that. You know, the scripture does say that, um, that talking about the end of times, it says that um, that the end of times says, and the, the love of many will grow cold, um, yeah. and and it says it says because because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, and just speaking into a church situation, we have taken a firm stance against the law of God. Um, we have taught it doesn't exist anymore, or it's not relevant anymore, or it's passe. And so we basically have removed from people uh, a standard of right and wrong, good behavior and bad behavior. And the end result of that, uh, the end result of removing God's standard, the Bible says that their love grows cold. And of course, if your love grows cold, what are you left with but uh, but hate? Um, you know, we've torn down Ten Commandments all across our, our our country. We don't let the kids pray anymore. I mean, it's just... You know, it's it. I think that there was a, actually a case. I forget what school it was in. Um, a hallway had all kinds of pictures, different random pictures. But one picture was a picture of the Ten Commandments, and it wasn't that it was pushed or read or anything. It was just hanging there, and it was the the uh, someone sued the school, and it went before the court. And the court said, you know, if a child reads that, then the child might actually begin to think about what it means. And so, therefore, it might be harmful to the child's psyche, so it has to come down. Uh, and so, you know, if you do, if, if that's your train of thought, then, you know, you better open the doors because here comes the hate, and it's going to come because you've rejected the law of God. Yeah. All right, let's get a break in. When we come back, uh, Pastor uh, uh, John MacArthur has uh, been gotten into a, 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 a kind of a fight uh, with fo- uh, folks about uh, meeting or not meeting uh, during the coronavirus. I'm sending the story uh, of the, the chapter nine who uh, or nine marks dot org, who is a, a religious organization as well. And what they had to say about what MacArthur saying. And I'd like to talk a little bit about it, guys, when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 13 minutes to 8 on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 8 minutes till 7. John MacArthur, uh, you may know him uh, from his radio ministry. Uh, He is a preacher out in, I believe, Southern California. I think he's in the San Diego area. I'm not... I'm not exactly sure about that, but uh, if you've been following what's going on in California, Governor Newsom has really been cracking down on everybody that has been opening up uh, restaurants, whomever, and the church as well. In fact, uh, made the statement uh, a couple of weeks ago that uh, it was illegal to be singing in church unless you had a face mask on. 
And John MacArthur is pushing back on that. Uh, he evidently came back to his church uh, to, you know, huge applause when he said that uh, the church is going to be the church and meet. Uh, there's other people who disagree with him. I sent two articles to Scott and to Steve and let them peruse them for the last about four minutes. And let's start off with you, Scott. You know, what do you think about what uh, you read? The MacArthur on this um, on this topic. Um, you know, it, it, there is it, when I read the uh, rebuttal to it. Um, I mean, the rebuttal makes uh, points, but and the rebuttal ten, tends to agree with him on some points and disagree on other. And he basically is saying, you know, it, you, you're wise to comply as much as you can with government uh, restrictions. And, and that's what we're doing here at Agape Church. I mean, we have, you know, we have three different services going on um, to try to comply the best we can with uh, the government uh, requirements. We're social distancing. We're doing all the hand sanitizers. We're making masks available to everyone who wants to use them. We have a special mask service. So we're doing what we can to uh, comply. I have no problem with trying to work with the government guidelines. I mean, we do that with with everything that we do, don't we? I mean, we do it with uh, how we run every department of our ministry. But with, but if the ministry comes in and says you can no longer uh, meet, uh, then that's when I think that, you are, that you're justifiable in pushing back and quoting the verse of Scripture that says we have to obey God rather than man, and we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as as the Scripture tells us. So um, I, I, would, I think I would take uh, the side of MacArthur in this um, and, uh, and say that he has every right to stand up and meet. Quite honestly, in California, although they're saying this, they're not stopping the casinos from, from meeting. And uh, right. still doing this stuff. That, so it's, it's a very, it's a very hypocritical, prejudiced way of doing it. Just, and let's not forget that the governor of California made the statement in the beginning of this. He said, "We we now have the opportunity to to move forward our progressive agenda." I mean, he actually stated that. So yeah. we have to read into this more than just some some civil um, concern. He wants to push forward an agenda which which involves the elimination of the voice of the church. And this is, this is merely <clears throat> giving up a little bit too much. Yep. I think initially my, my first response when all this was coming down was to find out what's going on. And because we didn't know, you know, um, you know, the models were saying that a million or two million Americans are going to die. This could potentially have been very serious because they, they say they didn't know what was going on. And so we, we all did the right thing and we hunkered down. Now we found out they were flat wrong about so much of it and they are now overstepping way over because this is and the point is what pastor scott was saying is if it's that serious then you're not going to tell the people of god to stay home while you allow them to go shopping while you allow them to go to the casinos while you allow them to go to the liquor stores you shut down and, and everything how about, how about protesting except yeah. grocery right and protesting you shut down everything but the grocery stores if it's that serious but to, to single out the churches specifically, I'm sorry, there's a lot of us and, you know, that fall in this category that I find myself in. You can push me, but if you push me too far, I'm going to start pushing back. And now it's time for the body Messiah to push back because the restrictions are not consistent and they don't make sense. And they seem to be targeting specifically the body of Christ. Yeah, and, and, so you, 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 and I think I thank God that uh, that our that our governor has. I mean, he you know he had this mask uh, uh, issue uh, a couple of weeks ago. But if you read his exemptions to that, one of the exemptions was uh, the church. I mean, our governor, although you may you may not you may like or not like his policies, he's he's pretty much kept his hands off of uh, off of the church. Uh, he has he's laid down some uh, some some 
some some guidelines or recommendations, but he's never been like these uh, these um, like California, for example. Yeah, Newsom, or yeah. the lady yeah. in Michigan, or the right. or the uh, ma- or the uh, governor of o- of uh, Port- or Portland, Oregon. I mean, all yeah. of them have been draconian in, in mm-hmm. their responses. They not only uh, use their power, but they like using their power. That's when it gets right. dangerous, when they start liking the power that they have. Correct. If this yeah, thing had a bubonic plague or Spanish flu-level death rate, then the church would be obligated to try and save lives and, and to stay separated as much as possible. But it's not. It's barely above the flu. And, and we, we, we need to realize that they're taking advantage of a situation and they have shut down the world's economy for something that they got wrong. And now, and now they can't let themselves be wrong. So now these death rates uh-huh. are being exaggerated. And the, I mean, I, I have people, I know people who, who, uh, who are saying they're getting letters in the mail saying they've tested positive and they've never even gone to be to have, a te- have a test taken. But they're getting letters in the mail. I mean, this, you know, you, they've got to raise all the numbers to save, to save face. Um, this, this is going to be proved to be, you know, um, at the end of the day, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of abuse here if we haven't already seen it. But when this man actually says, "Now we have the chance to pursue our progressive agenda," you need to read a lot into that yeah, and, and, and right. question everything this man is doing. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're out of time. Scott, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Since you're off to a meeting in Iowa, you need to pick better places to go have meetings at. And then, uh, (laughs) Steve, we'll we'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to Billy as well. Until then, you guys have a great week, and God bless you both. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, this is our 6 o'clock taped broadcast for you listening on 101.1 FM, The Answer. If you're watching Facebook, you're listening to it in real time. And if you're doing the podcast, I have no idea what time it is. It could be any time uh, that you're listening to this. Uh, Elizabeth back with me after uh, having the uh, the Bible guys on and had a great uh, segment with the Bible guys today. Uh, a former Sanders campaign co-chair, Nina Turner. Uh, you know, we talk about in the enthusiasm gap between the, the people who are uh, making their mind up whether they're going to vote for Biden or somebody else. And the enthusiasm uh, for Trump supporters, which is still above uh, the 80 percentile, uh, the voters for Biden are in the uh, 30 uh, percentile. Former Bernie Sanders campaign co-chair Nina Turner offered a not so appetizing analogy when asked about voting for the presumptive Democratic nominee. 
Turner, who was a prominent surrogate for Senator uh, Sanders uh, during the 2020 Democratic primary, expressed her lack of excitement for the former VP to the Atlantic magazine, saying, it's like saying to somebody, you have a big old bowl of crap in front of you, and all you've got to do is eat half of it instead of the whole thing. It's still crap, said Turner. And I replaced crap for another word. But the bottom line is, uh, that is pretty much talking about the enthusiasm uh, uh, gap, Elizabeth, uh, with these uh, folks. Harvard University professor Cornell West, you remember him. He's also supported Sanders during the primary, had a similar stance in that article. Quote, we have to be true to ourselves and acknowledge that Biden is a mediocre milk toast neoliberal centrist that we've been fighting against in the Democratic establishment. That is a quote from West. So it doesn't sound like me, like uh, the Sanders and the and, uh, folks and the left is rushing to embrace uh, Biden at all. What do you say? I think they have an internal fight going on as well. Uh, I think some of the moderate Democrats who are, have not been happy to be drug along with the far left side of the House and they're watching Biden go more and more left every single day. I think they're starting to wake up to it's not what they want either. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to be much of a contest in November. I really don't. Especially, I mean, what's going to happen with the debate now that Notre Dame has decided not to sponsor a debate? Are we even going to have any face-to-face between these two? Or are they uh, going to see. keep Biden hidden away permanently? I mean, if they, he if they keep on, him in the basement, they will. There's no doubt about that. Well, I mean, you know, Trump, of course, appeared on Fox News Sunday the other day, and now it's out that uh, Wallace has asked for Biden. And, oh, no, we're unavailable. He's so busy in the basement. He's unavailable. He can't be on Fox, you know, Fox News Sunday. So they're just keeping him hidden. And, and, okay. and rightly so. They're obviously manipulating him like crazy. Look how far left he has gone in just the last six weeks. Two months from where he started. I agree. Or what they say where he started. I don't think he's saying much of anything. I think they're putting all these words in his mouth, the campaign. Yeah, this I is this, believe that. Go, go ahead. The, the, the article was written by Atlantic staff writer Peter Nichols, and the name of the, the piece is Don't Count Out Trump. Now, this is from the Atlantic, all right? The Atlantic is is sounding the alarm here. Nicholas says there are various reasons why President Trump could prevail with a re-election victory in November, including, and let me just run down these, a strong economic recovery. The economy is recovering. I mean, it's come about 80 percent from its lowest point coming back up. And the Democrats in certain states are fighting and doing everything they can to keep the economy from really coming back. Uh, The return of inaccurate polling. And we're seeing a lot of that again. This is such a repeat of the Hillary Clinton race that it's uh, ridiculous. Uh, You're unable to see. Yeah, Trump's got a superior campaigning energy going on uh, with himself. Uh, He says voter suppression. I don't see voter suppression in any way, shape, or form. I see suppression 
of uh, Democrat voters because they're not being given much to vote on. And then disenfranchisement due to the uh, COVID-19 outbreak and an uninspired Democratic base. So that's his, I mean, that's about, he got about everything in there with the kitchen sink as well, um, Elizabeth. And I've been saying all along, number one, if you're the incumbent, you've got the strongest position running to be reelected here in this country. Uh, you're going to be on television more than the other guy is, and you're going to be doing things, not suggesting things that you should do. And look, Biden, the things that he says he's going to do when it comes to COVID are things that the president has already done. And the things that he talks about (laughs) dealing with uh, COVID-19 as far as helping the economy and things, where you start talking about raising taxes and and raising capital gains taxes, we've been there, done that, and we know what that leads to, and it leads to a downturn. People don't want a downturn. They want the economy to soar up again. And, uh, yeah, I think there's just a lot of things that uh, Biden's going to be fighting against. He's got some really strong headwinds he's going against. There is one piece out there that says he has a very narrow and 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 sharp uh, path to the electoral college. He cannot afford any mistakes. <laughs> and I, you hear me snickering because when I read it, I laughed out loud, and I thought, you know, again, the the sheer hypocrisy of someone who would write that statement tells you everything you need to know about how confident they are in Biden. <laughs> yeah. He can't afford a single mistake. Well, he's yeah. already made them. It's already over with. Every Like you say, I, I'm astounded when they come out with his policies. Surely people understand and have already heard our president speak of these things if they're paying any attention at all, and he comes up with it as if it's brand new ideas. We cannot be bamboozled. We are not as stupid as they think we are. I'm sure that's true. Well, Nicholas goes on, and I think this is uh, a real uh, important point that he makes. He talks about the, quote, October surprise. Now, understand, we're 98 days from election, but we're we're only like three weeks away from early voting in some places. That's something wow, people need to remember. Quickly, huh? Yeah, people oh need boy. to remember some of this. Uh, he says Nicholas is predicting an October surprise, which this year could be the announcement of a vaccine for COVID-19. He says if that happens, Trump in a landslide. That's probably, I think, true. I I hope, well, I can't say I hope, I know better. They will turn whatever happens in that regard against Trump as if he held it back and did nothing but do it because of the election. That's a prediction. You know that's what they're going to say. No matter what happens between now and November, Trump did it on purpose. He, He held it back. He didn't tell you everything. It's all his fault because he's trying to manipulate the election. I mean, that's one of their main talking points right now. Because, you know, he, he's obviously responsible for Biden being held in the basement. I mean, clearly he's responsible for everything wrong that they don't like. <laughs> but that's what they'll do to us. They'll turn it around on him in public. I'm I'm very concerned about the domination of their messaging on our media, both print and, and on Internet. And, you know, of course, with Google and Facebook, 
there was a phenomenal newscast yesterday, press release, press conference, excuse me, uh, a group of doctors on the steps of the Capitol speaking about hydro. I can't say it, hydroxychloroquine and the treatment regimen for uh, COVID and how it works. And it hasn't been 12, 24 hours. And those videos are very hard to find. Facebook has taken them down. They were very compelling. The way the left is dominating the messaging is, uh, like I say, very concerning right now. I'm not sure where conservatives are hearing the truth, the real truth, as you say, the only truth about what's going on in this country. Well, don't believe anything the polls tell you. That's what I keep telling everybody. If things were as bad as they're saying, uh, there'd, be, uh, there'd be Republican operatives jumping out of, uh, of uh, you know, 10-story windows and stuff. There's internal polling that's telling them that they're in good shape. All right, we've got to take a break, Elizabeth, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get our first break in, then we'll come back and continue uh, here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Big story breaking, and I want to talk to Elizabeth about this. As of uh, July 28th, uh, 87 hand sanitizers now have tested positive for methanol. That is a substance often used to create fuel and antifreeze that can be poisonous if absorbed through the skin and potentially fatal if ingested. This is according to an FDA late update. A majority of the products appear to have been manufactured in Mexico with recalls issued by the manufacturer and uh, or distributor. The uh, FDA is urging consumers not to use any hand sanitizer products from any of the listed manufacturers, even if the product or particular lot number is not included in the recall. Quote, since some manufacturers are recalling only certain but not all of their hand sanitizer products, unquote, said the FDA. To address the issue, the FDA is proactively working with manufacturers to recall products and urging distributors and retailers to immediately stop distributing and selling the gel cleansers due to the risk of methanol uh, poisoning is uh, what, uh, what we're seeing here. I'm trying to get a copy of the list of the people you should not be buying from, and as soon as I get it, I'll uh, give it to uh, uh, Elizabeth and have her post it on my Facebook page. But evidently, there's some bad hand sanitizer out there. And if it's got methanol in it, uh, if that's listed as an ingredient, do not, and I repeat, do not use it. It can make you sick. It can even be potentially fatal. So keep that in mind. So if we needed something to... To drive us crazy even more so with 2020, uh, we just got it today. What can I tell you, Elizabeth? I'm forwarding well, the story came, to you. Yeah, this came out about a week ago with the FDA, and it was a few, you know, now it's up to 90 different tan sanitizers. that uh, They're coming from, uh, guess where, Mexico right. and out of our country. They're not manufactured according to our standards. And, of course, these individuals that are pushing them into our country are taking advantage of, you know, the market conditions. People are desperate to buy that stuff right now. 
And it, yeah. it will. It can kill you. Uh, this is very dangerous, and it's the Food and Drug Administration very seriously warning people uh, can't use it. I, I'm with you. I understand I think, what you're saying. Yeah, here's here's a list. I've got the FDA warning up in front of us. I will put it on your Facebook page. Okay, so um, you have it. So okay, I'll just let you take the care. Actually, of it. F, the actual FDA warning, and there are uh, ways to report it if you get a hold of the stuff. And there's other information from FDA about the earlier reports on this. Very serious. Kind Check of an hand inter- sanitizer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and go to my Facebook page here after uh, the show, and uh, if you got a printer, print. Uh, the the information that we're going to make available to you. Firearms maker Remington Arms Company has filed for bankruptcy protection for the second time since 2018, weighed down by more debt than it can repay, even as Americans buy more guns than ever. Now, I, I left a word out of that story, and uh, I hate when I read the uh, a story, and they 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 do their own little opinionating uh, in it uh, because it says uh, they are weighed down by more debt than it can repay, even as fearful Americans buy more guns uh, than ever. They don't know if that's the case or not. Remington, which supplies weapons for hunting, shooting, sports, law enforcement, and the military sought Chapter 11 protection and will try to sell its business at a time when civil unrest and worries about personal safety have driven firearm sales to record highs. The uh, Chapter 11 petition in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in Decatur, Alabama, marks Remington's second restructuring since 2018 when it filed for Chapter 11 and transferred ownership to investors, including Franklin Resources and J.P. Morgan. Uh, Remington has been searching for potential buyers and was in talks to sell itself out of bankruptcy to the Navajo Nation before negotiations collapsed in recent weeks, leaving the company without a lead bidder or stalking horse in place. So uh, that's uh, what we got for Remington. Amazing. That's going to make some how people. How could that be? It's going to make people very nervous here in in Cabot and uh, up in Lono County because Remington has a large ammunition plant. Uh, right off I-40 that, uh, you know, has a lot of people working out there. Just telling you. We'll see if somebody steps up and buys them or not. See what happens. Or are they going to go the way to Dodo Bird and have to just close up and shut her up? That will be interesting and, as well. Well, and meanwhile, Sig Sauer, as we talked about the other day, seems to be expanding its footprint at least a little bit into Ar- you know, in Arkansas by coming into Conway and uh, – Re, I guess the word is re- retrofitting or redoing the uh, Kimberly Clark plant there. Yep, I, uh, I have seen that as well. Uh, I've been trying to find out what they want to do with that, and I haven't been able to see it. I do know that they're running all kinds of ads uh, for uh, help wanted. I mean, they are hiring, and they are ha- hiring huge right now. Uh, the rumor on the street, hour. and it is a rumor, the rumor is that they're actually going to manufacture there. So 
that would be very interesting, and that's got to mean a significant number of jobs for Conway. So that's a good thing, yeah. in that we lost. Well, it makes you wonder what they're going to manufacture. Are they are they well, going to expand? Are they going to manufacture? <laughs> yeah, are they going to be doing guns? I mean, they already got yeah, an ammo know. plant in Jacksonville, and they're putting out millions upon millions huh? of rounds from there. They're working round the clock trying to keep up with the demand for ammunition right now. Well, I mean, they supply. They they supply the two two three uh, and nine millimeter ammo for the military. Well, and maybe you know what we talked about earlier with ammo being so scarce and guns being in such high demand, it could be either one. But the rumor yeah. on the street is they're going to manufacture there, and they are hiring, and uh, that they're going to be good good jobs, good paying jobs, good benefits. You know, um, the way things are looking, I would say it looks like a relatively solid future as well. <laughs> so. You know, it's a good thing. It's going to be interesting, just to say the the, but the Remington Arms. It's interesting that they're with the with the big demand. Um, you know, you got to wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I just you know, I look at uh, I, I I look at Remington, and they've been struggling for a long time. Somebody who was at the top. Uh, made some very, very, very bad uh, decisions uh, to be, uh, you know, the whole thing, uh, you know, it, out, out there. I mean, how how can you be can you be that far in debt that you you went Chapter Eleven in tw- two years ago, and now uh-huh. you got to go back, you got to go to the back to the court again, hat in hand, uh, asking them to allow you to declare again, that's, uh, that's, not, that's not good for, uh, for sure. Okay, Elizabeth, we're, we're down to about 50 seconds here, and uh, we're going to get some news on uh, for our listeners here at 101.1. So we'll get to that in a moment. When we come back, uh, let's talk uh, a little bit about Jim Jordan, he reacted to Nadler's claim that uh, Antifa sparking violence out in Portland, Oregon, is a, and Nadler's word, not mine, myth. It's all a myth. Those people are not being uh, uh, crazy out there in in Portland. I guess uh, it's a bunch of actors throwing Molotov cocktails and stuff that, that we're seeing on the news. So it's, we'll get to that. It's all in your mind, Dave. It's yeah, imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get a break. Let's take our break, then we'll come back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Continuing Dave Ellswick Show right here, 101.1 FM, The Answer. And Elizabeth is with us. we got about half an hour yet to talk, and uh, we got some stuff to talk about. On... Uh, Representative uh, Jim Jordan told Fox News last night, uh, Antifa, the far-left militant movement that calls itself anti-fascist, is very real and very dangerous. He is with the House Judiciary Committee ranking member, uh, and uh, he made the remark in reaction to a comment made by committee chairman uh, Congressman Gerald Nadler, everybody remember him. He's the one who said he didn't think they should uh, be uh, uh, impeaching the president and then turned around and said, let's impeach the president. 
Uh, Sunday, Nadler was heard on camera saying that Antifa in Portland, Oregon, which has experienced 60 consecutive nights of protest and violence, is, quote, a myth that is being spread only in D.C., unquote. It's scary uh, that Jerry Nadler says that. The chairman of the Judiciary Committee said Jordan and uh, how people are losing their constitutional rights and uh, how they're not protecting basic rights and liberties uh, uh, for them. He says Antifa, a terrorist organization, is anything but a myth. But let's talk a little bit about this uh, for, for a moment, well, Elizabeth. So many Democrats now have been throwing up a false narrative that this stuff isn't going on, that these are peaceful protests, that they're not riots. And yet there's plenty of uh, video that shows just the opposite. You know, now that tells me that these people are lying. But no, the media is not calling them liars. They're not showing them the video. In fact, when uh, 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 McNaney showed, uh, tried to show some some video on the uh, 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 screens there at one of the briefings that she was having, having Fox News cut away. I saw that. I saw that press conference. Kaylee McEnany says, "Look, since you're not covering the news, let me show you." Or something like, since you're not talking about this in the way that it's happening, let me show you the truth of what we're seeing on our streets. And, yes, they started showing the videos that you can see all over. Well, on some social media, you can see them. And then they did. They cut away. And <laughs> Harris Faulkner was hosting, and she says, our, our bosses have said that we were not expecting those videos. So that told you everything you needed to know. The, the the producers of Fox News were disturbed and upset because they didn't expect to see the truth being shown on the you know the podium from a White House press conference. And that, when you start to think about it, is pretty appalling. And it's not Fox News that I'm complaining about, although they are not in many ways a whole lot better than most of the other media these days, which is so blatantly nothing but propaganda arms for the Democrats. They have given up. There's no such thing. We won't go down this road today, but you and I both know there's no such thing as journalism any longer. It is nothing but propaganda. And in in many cases, it's really on both sides. We are becoming so polarized that it's like, you know, you're in your corner and I'm in my corner and you better figure out who's who because that's the only message you're going to hear. Well, that, and, and this goes along with what I've been talking about, uh, about Marshall McLuhan, when he talked about when this type of technology became available. And he saw this, he saw the writing on the wall about this stuff back in the late 80s and the uh, beginning of the, the 70s. And uh, when he said, you know, he was mentioning that the media is the, is the message, that TV is the message, not the content. Oh, yeah. It's the television is is going to change things. And then he talked about there was going to come a time when people could uh, easily, you know, communicate with each other with, vid- with video pieces. And he said we would become tribalized. And that's what's happened now, Elizabeth. That's We've exactly got tribes right. in America. 
and you, you got to no. pick your tribe. But you know when that happens, then everything becomes balkanized, and you don't have a, a country that's pulling together. You have all different kinds of tribes protecting their turf. Well, like I say, my side and your side, I'm in one corner, the other guys are in the other, and there is no in the middle. You're not allowed to walk away from the argument. You're not allowed any longer to walk away from these discussions. If you do, you'll be called out for that. You're not allowed. You must take a side. If you're in the middle, you get attacked by both extremes. That's the problem. You get flanked by both of them, and they destroy you. I mean, the left destroys you because you're not leftist enough, and the right, you know, they 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 take off because instead of 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 seeing you as being someone that they can agree with on an issue and work with you, they just go out to destroy you. Well, and I tell you, people who think that well, it's just politics, and I, you know, I'll just go on about my life, however that may be right now. I'll just ignore this. It's going to come to their door whether it's through their children at school, whether it's through, uh, like the fellow over the weekend decided he's ready to go buy a gun, he may or may not be allowed in the place where he lives. Some places in our country, you cannot go buy a gun. You're not allowed to have the rights that we've been given. It's going to come to your door. People are going to have to take a side. We better stand up, and we better start doing something about what's happening. You pointed it out earlier, the tactic is to move so fast that by the time you kind of oh, catch your breath, realize what's actually happened around you, it's already in place and it's too late to do anything about it. We yep. better start waking up. We better start moving forward and realizing, uh, you know, w- what's happening on every front. I mean, we've talked about it so many times, but the, the left is dominating. You, you're talking in this article uh, with Jim Jordan about Jerry Nadler. It says right in the article Jim Jordan says it is a shame. It's scary. He is the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. This is Congress, the committee that's supposed to look out for the rule of law, supposed to be concerned about our Constitution. And this is what the leader of that committee is putting out to the public in our country. Well, this is what happens when it all comes down to power. It's power. That's what they want, power. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about power. power. Yeah. We, the people, are supposed to have the power in this country, and we better take it back. Yeah. You know that they don't see it. it that way. It's just like uh, that money they're using is our money, but they don't see it that way. It's their money. They, they're they real good about saying, yeah, we're going to spend our money this way. Uh, in Belmar, New Jersey, I don't know if you've been following this story. I have been about this gym. Uh, and where the owners oh, yeah. are continue are, are keeping their gym open because they want to stay in business, uh, were arrested yesterday on contempt charges. Now, I thought you could only uh, be arrested on contempt charges uh, against the court, but I guess you can be arrested on contempt charges towards the governor too. Uh, Ian Smith, thirty-three, and Frank uh, Trembetti, fifty-one were charged with obstruction and violating the Disaster Control Act. They operate the Attilus Gym in Belmar, a suburb of Philadelphia. The two men were processed at police headquarters and released later Monday morning. They and their attorney were not available for immediate uh, comment. A state judge had ruled Friday that New Jersey authorities could shut down a gym 
and authorize the state health department to put locks on the door or put up barriers to ensure compliance. The gym opened its doors in May, starting a legal battle over whether Murphy's order for non-essential businesses to remain closed was constitutional. It continued to operate despite receiving summonses each day for violating the state order. Crowds of people often showed up to show their support for the gym. Now, last week, Murphy allowed outdoor drills for contact sports to resume, Mm -hmm. as well as one-on-one indoor martial arts and yoga instruction, but gyms have remained ordered closed. So there you have it. They arrested people for opening their business. And this fellow was on TV, all right? And he says, we've had 13,000 people come through. We've been open. We have not had a single problem, a single infection. We are not a danger to the community, which is the reason that's the the excuse that they're giving to arrest him. You know, New Jersey's been shut down for 130 days or so now. Shut down. Can you imagine what's happening with that economy? Can you imagine how many businesses are never going to recover from that? Absolutely. I mean, never. And I I do honestly think that uh, there is more at work here than being afraid of a virus. I honestly think that, again, the Democrats believe that they create enough pain that it will cause Biden to be reelected. And I think it's actually operating just the opposite. Well, Biden won't be reelected. He'll be elected. But uh, uh, they're they're, they're trying to stop Trump from being uh, reelected. All right. uh, Let me let me just yell to to uh, our uh, producer. Should I take a break here? Would you like me to take a break? Yes. All right. So my producer says yes. I th- I didn't want to get in. I got another subject I want to move to, but I'll do that for the final segment when Elizabeth and I continue. Tomorrow, both uh, Congressman Hill and Congressman West, uh, West, Westerman will be on my show at 7 and 7.30 here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back, final segment, Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. And I've been talking about ever since uh, the left attacked Disney about Hamilton and saying that they wanted Hamilton taken off the Disney Channel uh, because uh, it didn't further Black Lives Matter. And then uh, who was it, the actress that was attacked uh, because she's going to play uh, a, a uh, um, oh, uh, a trans, a transgendered uh, man, uh, and then she's and uh, uh, how, oh, I'm, how dare she be an actress? Yeah, how dare she <laughs> act? Uh, it should be a trans, a transgender person that plays a transgender person. Well, now Hel- Ellen DeGeneres, there's been a lot of of sniping out in the. Uh, uh, out in Hollywood about her. She's now become the subject of an internal investigation by Warner Media following numerous accounts of workplace problems on the long-running daytime series. Executives from show producer Telepictures and distributor Warner Brothers uh, Television sent a memo to staffers last week saying they have engaged WBTV owner Warner Media's Employee Relations Group 
and a third-party firm who will interview current and former staffers about their experiences on set, said sources. A Warner Brothers television spokesperson declined to comment on the matter. A rep for uh, Ellen DeGeneres did not immediately respond to Variety's request for comment. The memo comes on the heels of recent unflattering reports about working conditions at the show. And, and, and the things that they were complaining with people saying, well, you do your job and you do it as best you can. And then they say, but you, sh- you didn't do it correctly. And then they give you all kinds of guff about it. Well, you know, where I work and where most people work, if you don't do your job right, you don't keep your job. And and now they're trying to make that some kind of a a, a hazardous workplace or an you know what do they call it when it's a workplace that that that, that people say it's it, it's it's nasty they it's they have toxic a toxic workplace yeah there you go uh, in mid July BuzzFeed published a report said that they were alleging racism and intimidation on the show. That memo came from the desk of Telepictures Executive Vice President Donna Rudner and WBTV Vice President of Human Resources Donna Hancock Husband. Uh, the name of the third-party consultant was not immediately clear. Both companies underscored their commitment to providing an environment where employees can flourish, said one of the individuals fl- familiar with the uh, the document. <clears throat> this reminds me a little bit about what's going on in Iowa with their college football program where black players are complaining that the coaches wouldn't let them be black. I don't know what that means. Uh, they didn't explain it, but that they want them to embrace a white culture, which I don't understand because they said, you know, work hard, do this, do that. And to me, those are different things that you're supposed to do no matter what color you are. And I don't know. Uh, uh, the left is attacking everybody now, Elizabeth. Well, another way of saying that is they would prefer, I suppose, that the human beings strive to go toward the gutter rather than try to be better people all the way around. And that applies both at the national level. We are here to create a more perfect union. That does not say we're already perfect. That means we're supposed to be working to be better at it. And also on a personal level, we all understand, most of us, that, you know, you live a good life. You try to work hard. You try to, you know, love Jesus and do the things you're supposed to do. That's going to benefit you more than, like I say, going to the gutter and living this lawless, uh, totally, totally valueless. Everything is based on how you feel for the day and what you think today, and you open your pants and look down to see today what you think you'd like to express yourself as. It's all yeah. internally driven. It's not, it's, not, it's not good for human beings. We know this. That's what they want from us. They want us down. They want us in the gutter. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, things that we grew up with, you work hard, keep your nose clean, keep your nose to the grindstone, so to speak, work hard, uh, you know, for your family, support your family. Now we're being told that that's white privilege somehow or white allergies and that uh, in workplaces we shouldn't demand that. 
Well, if that's the case, then the places that uh, what makes America great, our productivity and stuff is going to go right down. You know, we're going to go down the toilet. We're circling the bowl, evidently. Well, isn't that what they want? They, you know, we have been a, what is it, colonialist country? We have, we have privilege, you know, because we're Americans. And how dare we in the world try to act like we're better than the rest of the world, even though we are? How dare we contribute more to charity across the world in other places than any other country in the world? How dare we try to do better as a people and be the shining city on the hill and an example? How dare you? You need to be, you know, as equal to all the other third world, you know, countries and their cultures because you have just been too privileged all these years. That's yeah. what it boils down to. I I agree. It's just uh, really some crazy things that are happening right now. And a lot of the world, to be honest, has been, you know, turned upside down. And at last, let me talk about something that I think is a positive. Uh, I'll do that. By the way, you have uh, one of those gym, gym owners that we were talking about uh, in the last segment that got arrested <laughs> because he opened his business. He was on with Tucker Carlson last night. Uh, we have that on the Facebook page, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, did a very, um, I think, fine thing. He decided he'd had enough. He and his partner kept their business open. They did not do anything to disrupt anybody else. They literally took the doors off of their building when the uh, local authorities tried to lock them up to keep them from being open. And this went on for about two weeks. And he told everyone, he said, this will be peaceful. Nothing's going to happen. We're just doing what we think is right. And sure enough, they came in to arrest him. And he peacefully went with his uh, partner. And they, of course, were released pretty quickly. And he was on Tucker speaking about it. He says, I don't take kindly to tyrants. And this is the kind of thing that people need to do. We need to stand up and let people know. I mean, again, I was I did not know that New Jersey has been closed for 130 days. They are taking people out right and left as far as economy and business and everything else. Um, I think what he did was admirable. He says, I'm ready. That's nearly five months. We're going to take this through to the end. They've been closed nearly five months. How many businesses can be closed for five months? and not have any cash flow, and still continue to survive. And the next thing is they're going to turn around and ask all the taxpayers in the country to take federal money because, oh, my gosh, we need help to keep our schools, you know, we need help to keep our, you know, stuff flowing here because we have no money, because we have no economy, and they're going to expect the rest of the country to bail them out. Well, we're already hearing that. I mean, you, you've yeah, heard, you know, Mayor de blah, 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 Blasio mm-hmm. uh, in New York uh, running his mouth about how they need $7 billion, $7 billion to survive. I know Billion, we don't have much more time, but this, this is why November is so important. Everyone says each election is the most important. If that has ever been true, it's true right now. And November will tell the tale. One way or the other. We've got two very clear paths to look at here. They're very obvious. Yeah. you got to make up your mind. You believe in law and order or you don't. You believe in uh, the truth or you don't. You believe in life or you don't. 
You believe yeah. in the family or you don't. I mean, that's this is what this is coming down. We're we're getting ready. We're we're at a point in our country where you're either going to make a sharp turn to the left or you're going to make a turn back to the right uh, and and keep things going that uh, have been part of American culture and American history for a long, long time. Are you ready to see all that go away? That's a question you have. And we're only 90, what, 98 days away from election here in America. All right. In fact, some of it even closer. Early voting beginning here in just a few weeks. Thank you much, Elizabeth, for being a, a part of the show today. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Let me remind you on the uh, Wednesday edition of Dave Ellswick Show, we're going to have uh, Congressman Hill and Westerman on at 7 and 7.30, respectfully. Until tomorrow at 6 a.m., have a great day.